What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Witkowski. That is my best friend and co-host, Nick Veronica. And Nick, we have a special, special, special Super Bowl special today. That's a lot of specials. There's a lot of specials. All right, we got Dan Fates with us from Dub from uh, Wham 13 in Rochester. Dan, I almost called it by the call letters, but you pronounce it Wham always, which is a good acronym. It's like yeah, sounds sportsy, right? Yeah, it's not too bad. We we you can go both ways. Wham 13, whatever. Uh, Kablam from the old Nickelodeon days, like Wham. <laughs> anyway, we have Dan. Now we're talking Super Bowl this week, and we're talking specifically Super Bowl prop bets. So I don't know if you follow Dan on Twitter, you should do that. Dan, in a second, you tell them what your, your handle is. But, Dan, you love tweeting about sports betting. You seem like the right guy to have on. Uh, just tell us uh, where they can find you and how you kind of got into the sports betting realm. Yeah, much of the displeasure of my wife, um, constantly on Twitter, tweeting about whether it's lines or movements or things that are interesting, at Dan Fates, F-E-T-E-S. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know when exactly I got into sports betting. I think it started kind of late night in college. We, we found a bookie that would – there was no minimum bet. And so like we would be up late watching games or like we'd bet a dollar on like a 10 team parlay to try and win like 17 bucks. And we'd be like, that's our, we're going to go get a bottle of Svedka for the night. Like, here we go. And and that was, I think that's kind of how it started. And then when I got a job in Elmira was my first job working uh, in TV and in sports. And the shift kind of goes from 3 PM to 1130 PM. So you kind of get home and I couldn't go right to bed. And a lot of times that's when, West Coast college basketball games would be on mm. on like ESPN two, and it'd be like Pacific versus Weber State, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm Weber. in." Like, I, yeah, I'd be like, "How I want to make this interesting, so I got to put five bucks on it, so I can stay awake and, and unwind." <laughs> so I think that's kind of where uh, it's all spiraled from there. All right. Well, uh, now that sports betting is legal in New York, we we appreciate that. Now, um, if you are interested in uh making any wagers this week we are using only lines from the uh we're taking from the seneca casinos which in buffalo they have downtown and niagara falls you can bet if you're out by dan and rochester del lago has sports betting Mm -hmm. available they might they might have some different lines out there it's a different uh book i think but same principle so if you are local that we don't have like some of the fun lines like you can't bet on the national anthem or you can't you know uh charlie you know we were talking on one of our first episodes we had dr matt on and uh, matt used to be a trainer for the bills and he would mix up or i'm so not mix i thought it was mixed he would pour the gatorades into the cooler and we asked him like because every year you talk about the super bowl like what color is the gatorade that's not a line you can bet on at the seneca's unfortunately unfortunately but uh, would have been cool. So we will get to that. But first, let's just talk about the game. We got the AFC champion Chiefs coming off their win against the Bills, going for their second straight Super Bowl against uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Chiefs are three-point favorites. Dan, how do you see this game ending up? I find it very interesting based off what the Chiefs defense showed me against the Bills. Obviously, covering the Bills all year, didn't expect the Chiefs to – confuse disguise as as much as they did Josh Allen and, and how much they were able to take away Stefan Diggs and just kind of mix up the zone and man coverage I was more impressed by the Chiefs defense than I was their offense and I was just disappointed in the Bills defense with the way that they couldn't stop anybody that they pretty much sat in, in a you know a cover two zone and just let Patrick Mahomes pick them apart uh, but this is one of those games where I talk about how Steve Spagnola was able to confuse Josh Allen, Tom Brady's a different guy to 
a different guy to confuse. Uh, Spags has played him before. You know, they're pretty familiar with one another, but I just don't see Brady being caught off guard, you know, with two weeks to prepare against what is pretty much an average defense. Like the Chiefs aren't that good. They weren't as, they're not as good as what they showed against the Bills. They're much more of the defense that we saw against the Cleveland Browns. Charlie, thoughts? Man, I can, can, can the Super Bowl just not happen? Cause I don't really want to root for either <laughs> team. Um, no, in all honesty, I, I think uh, much to Dan's point there, I do think Kansas City's defense is what you would consider, you know, mediocre at best. They just had a really, really good game plan against Josh Allen and the Bills uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but at the same time, you look at Tampa's defense and you kind of think the same thing. I think Tampa's mm-hmm. defense is mediocre at best. Um, they're no, oh, that, that's harsh. I'm a, I'm a fan. They're, they're, they're no better. In, in my opinion, they're no better or worse than Kansas city's defense. I feel like at, when you, when you look at both defenses, it kind of comes out to be a squash at, at the same time. Um, they both have similar strengths. They both have similar weaknesses. Um, but at the same time, uh, you look at the offenses and yeah, yeah I mean, who do you take at, at this point? Do you want Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl, or are you going to take a guy like Patrick Mahomes in his second Super Bowl and, Light the world on fire. Yeah, you have uh, the goat against the baby goat. And I baby think uh, somebody, somebody, one of the talking heads had a take this week or last week that – actually, I should take that back. It might have been Tony Romo who I actually do like. I think he made the comment that if Patrick Mahomes loses the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, that Brady is absolutely clinched greatest of all time status yeah. and Mahomes will never be able to catch him. And he said this is that. basically Mahomes' chance to try to – potentially close the gap. I don't know if he's going to get the six Super Bowls ever, but this would give him two and beating Brady for one of them. Do you either you do you buy into that? Yeah, because I well because you look at the head to head matchup because he would have beat him in the AFC championship game two years ago. Then you'd beat him in a Super Bowl and then you would Brady would have seven then, right? Mm-hmm. So Brady would have seven and Mahomes would have to go to six more and win six more. So yeah, like like and obviously it goes back to the debate of how important are Super Bowls to how good of a quarterback are they? Because, I mean, you can look at what Aaron Rodgers has done throughout the years and some of the stats wise, but yeah, I'm with you, Nick. I I mean, I've always, I've always, I've never been a Bills fan. I've always just covered the team. I just grew up in Western New York, but I'm not a Bills fan. And I always just appreciated Brady uh, of just of how, how he could do it so many different ways. Um, I always think that the Patriots offense, when they were really clicking, it was death by a thousand paper cuts. Like that was the most infuriating way is that Brady wouldn't beat you by going over the top of you. He would beat you with six, seven yard slants. And you would just, you just see linebackers and corners just kind of throwing their hands up. Like, what are we supposed to do? So yeah, I, I, but I agree with you. I think that if if Brady wins this one, there won't be a Jordan versus LeBron debate anymore. There won't be a Brady versus Montana anymore. No, I, I agree 110% with that. I mean, truthfully, at this point, let's face it, Grady's clinched GOAT status as it is. I don't mm-hmm. see – as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I don't see Patrick Mahomes catching Tom Brady. And the big reason, like I said, Nick, last week on our podcast, is going to be that Patrick Mahomes contract. Later on yeah. down the line here in a, in a few years, that contract's going to really come in and really hurt their salary cap. And, and don't forget, Travis Kelsey isn't going to be around forever. He's 31, 32 years old. You know, he's getting up there. You got Tyreek Hill for maybe another two years. Eventually, that Patrick Mahomes salary cap is going to kick in, and they're not going to be able to have <clears throat> these guys like what they have right now in this offense um, or this defense. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is going to be that good where he can make a bunch of average players look like, um, you know, Pro Bowl, all pro players. But 
strictly for that that reason, I don't see Patrick Mahomes ever catching Tom Brady, mm-hmm. whether Brady wins or loses this weekend. Well, you I mean, look at Rodgers. I mean, yeah. you just look at how, how good he's been, but you can't carry a bad defense or you can't mm-hmm. carry no running game or no offensive line. Like Brady's the only one that I've ever seen do it. And, and the, that, that consistently. That's the one thing that scares me about everyone talking about Josh Allen extension right now. I'm like, wait as long as you can because you need to continue to surround him with good players on both sides of the ball. And yep. I don't want to see Allen fall into that Aaron Rodgers, uh, future Patrick Mahomes type of status where you have no weapons. Russell around Wilson can't pay anyone. Russell Wilson is a perfect example. Yeah. And if you don't draft well at that point, you're 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 screwed. We'll get into that in a later podcast, but this is absolutely not the offseason for Josh Allen contract extension. I feel very strongly having put in some thought this week. We'll get to that on a different episode, but I like where your head's at, Charlie. Uh, all right. I think I, I already misspoke on this podcast from when I took my notes this morning to right now. The line may have moved at uh, the Seneca's here. It's Kansas City now minus three and a half at plus 100, and the total is 56. Wow. All right, so Chiefs minus three and a half now, but you're getting plus 100 odds instead of minus 110, yeah. and the total is 56. So having just watched Kansas City's offense against the Bills, I want to pick the Chiefs really bad, and I just kind of have that spidey sense, or that that Brady sense. Don't bet against Tom Brady. Don't pick against Tom Brady. Like, uh, do either either of those, the, the total or the spread, do either of those appeal to you, Dan? Yeah, I, I think both appeal to me. I, I like the over. I always like the over. And I'm one of those guys that just hates betting unders. It's just painful. Um, and and I, I'm with you. I didn't know that that got the extra half. Like like to get that hook with Brady, I, I think kind of swings it to me a little bit more. Of, of I'll take the three and a half and Tom Brady and this offense that seems to be playing well. And and I really like what Bruce Arians has said. Kind of just the fact that he's like, I'm just letting Brady do whatever he wants. Like at this point in his career, like let Tom run the offense, let him do what he wants to do. Um, I would lean, I don't know if I'm actually going to take it. I would lean Brady in the points. All right. And if you are interested in that, my, uh, plus three and a half for Tampa pays minus 121. So a $121 bet pays a hundred or whatever ratio you would want to put in there. Um, yeah. The over is, uh, seems appealing. I could, I don't know, 56, that is kind of a lot that, you know, you think it would be 28-28 or some, mm-hmm. you kind of go from there. But the Chiefs seem to score at will once they once they kick it into drive here. Charlie, do you have any, any uh, 56 feels like a lot. I don't know. It does and it doesn't. I mean, you look back at week 12, these two teams put up 51 points, 27-24 victory by Kansas City then. Um, you know, so I, I think, yeah, you take the over all, all day on this bet for sure. All right. I mean, and, and the way Kansas City, like we also said too before, Nick, Kansas mm-hmm. City for most of the, the the second half of the season looked like they were just in cruise control. I mean, this yeah. is a team now that's just really out, looking like a team that can just score points at will. And if they can continue to do that, I mean, they could put forty up on forty up themselves. And I think that goes back to what we talked about this Chiefs defense. Like Baker lit them up. Like david njoku lit them up like they Mm -hmm. ran the ball like they got the ball run down their throat by cleveland like cleveland you take away that fluke play at the end of the first half it's a different game and i know that's so easy to be like whoa like it's one play like that's it is but like i I feel like that that game was one of those times where it's like it it almost just ran out of time it was Mm -hmm. a horrible Mm -hmm. decision to punt like i don't get into that but like i didn't see cleveland Cleveland was themselves, and I thought they dictated that game offensively. When I watched that Bills game against 
the the Chiefs. The Bills went so passive. Uh, it, it, they just weren't aggressive. They weren't the Bills that they had been all season long. That's a whole nother podcast to talk about whether Brian Dable and the Bills kind of let off the gas. But I think that I don't think Tom Brady falls into that trap. Uh, I think that at this point, Brady will know what the Chiefs' defense weak, you know, what their weaknesses are, and I can see him putting up twenty-eight points because you you have to imagine that to win this game, you're going to have to score thirty. Right, like the winner of this game has has to get thirty. I um, absolutely. They I again. I mean, you you now. I know you know. Again, we're going back to week twelve, and it's a totally different, you know, football now. Right, you're in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. as opposed to the regular season. But even then, I mean, you you still look at Brady's weapons that he has. He's had Mike Evans, who had a big game against Green Bay. Chris Godwin, who had a big game against Green Bay. Godwin might be even playing his last game in a Bucks uniform. We'll see. And there's still always Rob Gronkowski, who is always, no matter what, dangerous. You talk about what David Njoku did with Cleveland against Kansas City. Rob Gronkowski is still that big play, Rob Gronkowski. And when these last two teams played, Gronkowski had 106 yards receiving on six catches. I mean, the guy can still put up numbers. And, you know, to to say that Brady could go into a Super Bowl and not put up 28 points, I think is ridiculous. That No matter what, they're going to put up at least 28, like you said, Dan, maybe even 30 at that point. I mean, yeah, it's just going to be the over the way to go, but I, I just don't know really at this point, who do you bet? Who, who do you put? Your right. where, where do you look? Do you, do you go against Brady or do you go against baby goat? Well, and that's the thing. Probably Nick, you talked about it. What it was minus minus one twenty with the points. Yes. You took like, take the money line. Like, like, like if you, if you're that sure, if you like Brady and you like this matchup and all of the things that Charlie was talking about with Gronkowski and here we are kind of, you know, poo-pooing all over the Chiefs defense and we're sitting here talking about what Tom Brady does, take the money line. Like, take the shot on, you know, if you're going to go for it, go for it. I mean, for, for what it's worth on, on the other end too, Nick, I know we were talking briefly there about the Bucks defense and them being mediocre. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did have 462 yards passing <laughs> and three touchdowns <laughs> yeah. uh, in week 12. Um, but not a lot of rushing yards given up. Uh, so at the end of the day, you think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be the guy to win this game, and can Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes himself put up 28, 30 points? Yeah, yeah. in those games, uh, Patrick Mahomes usually does not have any problem being that guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, he hasn't had any problems at all. And no, <laughs> Dan, Dan, real quick, I want to hit on something you mentioned earlier. If uh, li- if you're listening to this and you are sports betting is kind of new to you and you might be laughing at Dan saying, "Wow, with that half point there, that's really attractive to me," but Three to three and a half, like that's that's one of the the biggest jumps in sports betting, right? Dan, can you maybe just expand on that for people? Yeah, there are some big numbers that bookies or the books, like the the Vegas odds, when they come out, numbers that they want to that they pin on. There, it's three to three and a half or to two and a half. That half point line is massive for a lot of those you know people that they don't want to push. Um, a field goal is massive in, in in a lot of these games. And then it's seven and seven and a half or six and a half and five. It, those are those are big numbers that when the line moves, that's because there's a certain amount of action. So there's a lot of money that is obviously pouring in on Kansas City side or a large amount of money that has gone on the Kansas City side to move that line in their favor. So obviously that that's what that tells me uh, right off the bat is that especially, you know, Nick, where you talked about this is a recent line movement as compared to this morning that there's been some steady money coming in on the Chiefs over the past 72 hours, we can say, that will mm-hmm. move the line 
off that main number of three to now three and a half. Right. And it's not, it's not that the, the sports books are saying, Oh my gosh, we, we might be wrong in this game. They're saying like their goal is to take even roughly even bets on both sides. Cause the house with you add in, add in the, the VIG a little bit, the house makes money either way. They, they would prefer to have it pretty even. Like they, they don't, yep. I mean, if they, if they have a lot of risk and they end up making out like great, but like, they would prefer just, you know, nice, calm, steady profit every single day, which they seem to make pretty easily. And I, and I think that's the other thing, too, is that when you follow money and, and stuff like that, that, that's coming out of these bets. It's not just like you and me and, you know, Charlie betting 100 bucks on the Chiefs that moves it. It's it's $200,000 bet on the Chiefs minus three. It's mm-hmm. it's three quarters of a million dollars that that's being placed that that really shifts things. So if if there's 100 people that all bet, they get the chiefs at minus three for a hundred bucks. The line's not going to move at all, but when there's one bet for $250,000 on the chiefs, then the books are going to reassess what's going on. Right. It's, it's most, it's about their risk a lot of the time. And, and Correct. it's, it's, uh, I read, like I read GameStop. <laughs> We're not talking about GameStop right now. Okay. <laughs> um, Another podcast. I <laughs> uh, look forward to my dollar seventies. Five, I'll get in a class action suit someday. Anyway, um, I, I read that uh, books when they when they hear sharp betters or sharp money, it's it's they know internally which clients, you know, regular clients generally have a high win rate, and they are sort of in tune with which way those clients are leaning because they have some sort of talent for this, and they they kind of, kind of take that as feedback. If it's some regular guy just walking in, uh, like probably they don't care but apparently if they they know their clientele well enough if you're a big roller who constantly beats them that that does kind of factor and if you're if you're they consider you a sharp yeah that's a great point nick like the three of us couldn't place a two hundred thousand dollar bet like nobody would take our money but if if you're a sharp which are known as the professional gambler gamblers this is all they do for a living this is how they make their money Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people tend to follow the sharp money because the public may be seeing something and they just see, wow, it's Tom Brady getting three points. Like, absolutely. And if the sharp money goes the other way, people kind of tend to follow the sharp money because that's more of the logic, the the pro, right? But I will say the one, I always kind of say that, but sharp money can be wrong too. Like I, I always find that interesting. Earlier this year when the Bills played the 49ers, the Bills opened as two and a half point favorites. They then, by the time the game kicked off on Monday night, they were two and a half point underdogs because so much sharp money came pouring in on the 49ers because everybody thought San Fran was going to run the ball down the Bills' throat. That didn't happen. The Bills absolutely destroyed them and the casinos made out. So that's just one of those things where you talk about like sharp money. If for somebody that's new, to be like, well, why wouldn't you always just follow the sharp money? Because it's not always right. Right. This is uh, uh, definitely a field where you can be wrong for the right reasons or right for the wrong reasons and it might work out for you be like damn i better not do that you know if you yep anyway um i don't know if you guys have the link up here we'll go through some of the other bets that they're offering some of the props and we'll just kind of just talk about anything that jumps out at us here so if you if you've never done this you can go on uh, the seneca website and they have all the lines online and you i've never done this but you can actually pick your bets what you want and it'll give you a qr code and you can bring the qr code in there and scan it somehow i haven't i don't know about that but it sounds if you if you uh, don't trust them when you're there or if you're just skeptical of being indoors somewhere with covid totally understand that it might be an option for you but anyway uh so we have 56 is the total that's the total point scored including overtime 
Um, let's look here. You can some if you if you follow any betting Twitter accounts, they love tweeting. Oh, somebody's got this insane parlay, and it's uh, so you know they're betting on this player to score and this player over points and this player over assists and this player over rebounds and the team to win. And it's not because you can't really do same game parlay like that. So if you, if you are trying to do that, this is not the place where you probably have to go on one of the apps in some other state, but they do have some fun things here. We're going to get into it. Um, one thing I thought this week, when these two quarterbacks met in the AFC championship game two years ago, game went to overtime, Tom Brady won. You can bet, will this game go to overtime? You get plus 1150 on that or minus 2,500 for no. Is there any any sense of just trying to hit a big one with the overtime? It's like the coin flip, right, guys? It's just like <laughs> you, you throw 20 bucks on it and forget about it, and then if it does, you're like, I think I have money on that. You're like, I think that was one of my 25 props. Like, yeah, I just paid for everything. It'd be interesting because I don't think that either of these guys – want this game to go to overtime if that makes sense like whoever has the ball last is probably winning and not trying to go for a tie if that makes sense charlie mm-hmm. i mean and that's what we thought i will say that's what we thought for the bills kansas city game right whatever team had the ball last is going to win didn't go that way um i do think at, at the end of the day you know like you said dan neither team wants to go to overtime neither quarterback is going to want to go to overtime um and, and truthfully, I don't think this game is going to go to overtime. That's not one of the bets I would go on, but I'm also not betting the coin toss either. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got to be a special kind of gambler to bet the coin toss. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. All right. One of the things I like interesting to me to look at sometimes is the team total points. So it's mm-hmm. you can bet total for the game, but you should also bet each team. So the total mm-hmm. for the game is 56 for the Bucks. Uh, they have it at 26 and a half. And the Chiefs to have it at 29 and a half. So the Chiefs would get need to get 30 points to hit their over. Bucks 26 and a half. They get even if they miss an extra point, they get four touchdowns, which is still a nice day. Uh that hits that would hit for them. It seems like you guys are saying take the over. I am if I am following the logic here, you guys would like the Bucks over. Yeah, I'd agree mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we feel like this game will be close? You can take any team to win by any margin you have. So it can be Chiefs or Bucks by one to six, by seven to twelve, by thirteen to eighteen, and the the odds are pretty good. The the farther out you go, you guys you have a feeling of a of a tight game. I thought the Bills Chiefs was going to be pretty tight, and that did not. Well, we, happen. we all thought it was going to be tight. That did <laughs> yeah. not happen. So do you guys have any? I and don't know. So- but- and that's so funny that you talk about this, Dick, because like that's that's the epitome of like looking at this game is that like instantly we're like, well, the Chiefs blew out the Bills. Like, like that's the first game that's in our minds. Okay. So somewhat like like it's so good of Charlie to be like, well, these teams played already this year. Here's what happened. So like obviously you can't say it's gonna be a carbon copy, but it's also not gonna be exactly like what happened last week. Like, I don't think the Chiefs defense is going to keep this offense under. 30 points. So it, it, and that's the difference between the public and the sharp money of kind of understanding, okay, having to take a step back mm-hmm. and understanding, like, all right, yeah, they, they blew out the Bills, but what happened in that game? You know, the Bills settled for two awful field goals and, mm-hmm. you know, that left points out there. Again, not this kind of a podcast. Sorry, Charlie, <laughs> but, but just a sense of like, I, I do sense that this game, I don't think either quarterback will get too far behind if that makes if that mm. 
resonates, right? There, there is uh, something on here just because I did some homework earlier. You 14 can and a half, right? You are on it, my man. The <laughs> largest, what will be the largest lead at any point in the game by either team? Do you think it'll be more or less than 14 and a half? Every time I, I think about these, I, I feel like I like that. I'm like, the Chiefs offense can turn it on like that and blitz you. And I mean, you think about the Houston playoff game last year. They were down, what was it, 21, 24, nothing, and just, you know, 40 points before you knew what happened. So, you know, they can they just put them on in bunches. And if you if you catch the wrong side of that, I mean, you're taking risk with whatever you do here. So, I and, don't know. and both, both of these teams, too, I mean, either team can really go up 14 points pretty quick. It's going to be a matter of, and, and we've seen it enough with both quarterbacks, both quarterbacks are able to come back from those 14-point deficits mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, sure. Maybe teams have a fourteen point lead, but is it going to hold? Most well, likely, this, not. this is where the half point comes in. It's That's the point and a half. That, uh, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was really telling because you'll see other ones that are thirteen and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's really telling. We're like, okay, like that's two scores. That's that's opening score, touchdown, punt, touchdown, and you're like, you're good, you're golden right there. If you want the over, I just think that both quarterbacks are mature enough to settle waves that like mm-hmm. neither team will be able to jump out that if Mahomes marches down the field on the opening drive and scores, that's not going to rattle Brady or that if Brady goes down the field and scores in the opening drive, like Mahomes is going to be like, well, now we can't win. Like they're both quarterbacks that are been through this. This is the first Super Bowl ever of two Super Bowl champs and Super Bowl MVPs that have ever met mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. So like this is a game I feel like where it's literally going to be like, not necessarily like, punching bags but like robodope like who's going to be able to take the punches and be like that's fine i'll take the ball next my turn Mm -hmm. and both of them have a very proven ability to do that which is something that most of their teams in the playoffs they get hit in the mouth too hard and they kind of just you know scuttle away you saw that tennessee kind of did that um man these people you take a shot you're down doesn't matter they'll come back and, and Nick, another bet to touch on, you know, what you're talking about as well, you know, where, where you can uh, uh, kind of go off the winning margin, one to six, seven to 12, so on and so forth. Um, you can also bet on the highest scoring quarter, obviously first through fourth. Uh, so, Dan, what do you think? Where where are we going to see the highest scoring quarter in this game? So for me, it would I would usually lean on those the second or the fourth, because you have those two minute warnings and usually you have a little bit of a sense of urgency. So mm-hmm. I, that's interesting. Cause I think I, off a of bet off that, we'll try, you go first off this, off your question. And then I got a follow up. Okay. Okay. I think truthfully, you know, uh, with the way factor with, in the odds too. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you want to factor in the odds fine, but so if you look at the odds, uh, plus 425 for the first quarter, plus 160 for the second quarter, uh, plus 425 again for the third, plus 200 for the fourth. That makes sense um, than what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. And, and both and both teams, as good as they are at scoring points, I feel like this is going to be much like what we've seen from Kansas City most of the year. The first quarter is going to be a feeling out quarter. I think you look at the second and you look at the fourth quarter, it's going to be your, your obviously your two most high scoring. There could be value in that third quarter, Charlie. Mm-hmm. With just the teams coming out making mm-hmm. you know that the halftime adjustments, because off of that, that's a you know I love those bets where you're rooting for specific quarters because I love those bets where I can root for both teams to score, <laughs> where it's like okay like all right now this quarter like screw the defense pass interference calls like I want all of that. Um, 
I think there will be more points. I didn't see it exactly on this book. I know other sites maybe have it. Um, more points scored in the second half than the first half. Um, the, the book that we're looking at has more. I like over three and a half touchdowns in the second half. I, I think mm. that coming out in the second half, you know, we've seen Mahomes have slow starts. Brady has had slow starts. I don't think they're going to come out and try and empty the playbook in the first half. I, I think they, they, they find their stride. They feel each other out, much like Charlie was saying. Uh, and the second half is more scoring than I would see in the first half. Do you uh, ever look at team's preference to uh, receive or defer for first half or first quarter lines? No, I've never thought it that far ahead. That's how degenerate of a gambler I am. <laughs> That'd be good knowledge to know. That would be. I feel uh, that that does come up. I got to look that up here because um, I want to say there's one of the teams here that usually defers and the other team usually receives here. And I cannot find that in my notes right here. All right, Dan, let me ask you something. I'll look that up. Um, something I always find interesting is you can bet the total points scored. Will it be an even number or an odd number? Wow. And Okay. Now, hold on here. The way football scoring works, odd is always the heavy favorite. And here it's minus 136, even is plus 104. But if you think about it, you add an even number plus an even number, you get an even number. You add an odd number plus an odd number, you get an even number. You have to add an even plus an odd number to end up with an odd number. And yet the way football scoring works, that is the favorite in almost every single game. So, Dan, do you have – I'll, I'll uh, do some research here and try to find where I wrote this down. Wow. Any thoughts my, on that? That just, like, blew my mind because I was thinking, like, <laughs> seven, zero. Mm-hmm. What about – what's zero? Even. It is? is? It so, or is it odd? Well, I guess it would have to be even, right? Because if you oh, go, what, what are they going to do? Have a shutout? Like, a what, double shutout? Well, ten. Well, Ten's oh. an even number. Oh, Whoops, I'm thinking of individual score. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yeah, you couldn't have zero. Yeah, I can't have double shutout. You you could have zero in the first quarter. I'm thinking of like a – okay, I'm way off. That was a really bad moment. I was thinking of like a Super Bowl square, like adding – I don't know what I was (laughs) I I will say, though, that that is a question that I've always wondered. Is zero an odd or an even number? But Yeah, see, I was just going more philosophical, guys. Exactly. Yeah, that's – so even or not, so you're looking at seven and then 10 or 14 – 13 or 17 or 20. That's tough. That's really tough. I mean, the how would you know what to root for? Seem the way to go. It, well, you're rooting for either of them to both have an even score or both have an odd score. You just, if, if they're one's even and one's odd, that's how you add up to an odd number. If they're both even or they're both odd, it adds up to an even number. So it's even the play? Is that what we're saying, Nick? It evens plus 104. Odd is minus one, uh, I forget what, 120 something. I mean, even's got to be the play. To me, I'm sorry, odd, odd minus. Yeah, you would think that, but even's plus 104 and odds minus 136. Although, again, you go back to week 12 and these two teams had odd. Um, well, because that's the books. No, like that's how football scoring tends to work, I guess. But like logically, it doesn't seem to make sense. But wow, man, this is the next level. There's a I've reason, there's a reason these people are, are in business doing so well. Um, all right, here. So I, I found. I found this here. So the Chiefs are more likely to defer. This is not available at this book, but some other book uh, gets some of these PR emails. 
The Chiefs are minus 2,500 to defer if they win the toss, which is pretty large. And the Bucks are plus 150 to receive, minus 200 to defer if they win. So that's almost even. And the Chiefs are heavy favorites to defer, which makes me gives me the impression that the Bucks are most likely to start with the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that – I mean, you guys kind of mentioned it's kind of the feeling out quarter. It could be – could be fairly low scoring, but if you uh, have a, a first quarter, first quarter bet, which I will find for you here, I think there's usually, you know, it's like plus a half or, or there might be yeah. a money line here, but uh, here we go. Here's quarter. First quarter. Yeah, we got first quarter. Oh, it's a three way. Chiefs win plus 100, tied after the first quarter, plus 440. Bucks ahead after the first quarter plus one fifty five. That's interesting. You might want the Bucks there, given their propensity to have the ball first at plus one fifty five. But you'd have to they have to score. That is next level like logic. Like that's a sound gambler. Like going through like analysis <laughs> and looking at trends. Whereas like I would just be like the Bucks because Brady. Like that's like he's gonna come out and score. Like that's how my like dumb All brain right. works. You like, said, was- in my in my minimal experience in this field, uh logic does not always work. No, so. I got like that was um it was the Packers Titans game earlier this year. It was uh the Monday night game. It was the snow game that they were playing in, and without looking at the weather report, I bet the over of like 62 and a half. Mm, weather's and then, huge. And and then all of a sudden it was a blizzard, and I won by half a point. And I was instantly like the number like plummeted once everybody like saw the weather on Monday night, and I was like, yeah, I totally took that bet without factoring in what it'd be like at Lambeau, and still won it. So for all those people mm. that were like, oh, I got to check whiteboards, just blind bet it sometimes, man. <laughs> I'm gonna give an unsolicited plug here to a guy on Twitter named Kevin Roth. Because he's at Kevin Roth WX. He's a meteorologist and he specializes in uh, forecasting at sports games. If so, if you're betting golf or you want to bet football, every week he does a. I, I just just well, I, like I follow him because the, the Bills weather was, was weird the one day and I saw some of his tweets come up and he's he's got a whole list. He rates them from red, yellow, green what uh, the weather is at each each game and he's got golf and all kinds of other stuff there. So maybe a future podcast guest down the line perhaps. But uh, anyway, weather's interesting to me. Should looks like we should have good weather in Tampa this year. Tom Brady's got the home game. Shouldn't really come in, I don't think. No, man, it's Tampa. Although right now it's cold, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I just followed him. Yeah, so, so did I. I, <laughs> yeah, I like, wow, he, Let me go over to Twitter real quick. Wow, he owes me four cents for those referrals. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the weather – so from what I have seen, uh, the weather's a little cold um, for – What's Florida cold? So – let me see. I'll, let me, you're let me in Atlanta, so and you used to live in Florida. So, like, what's Florida cold? I mean, honestly, I try to tell people this all the time, right? Like, a 50 degrees in Florida feels like 30 degrees in because <laughs> you your know, blood in, your blood thinned out, right? Because your blood's so thin. Um, so, looking forward ahead to Sunday, um, Tampa is looking like there is going to be some thunderstorms. But it is going to be warmer, so the temperature is going to go back up. It's going to stay low until Friday, go back up to about 71, but with rain and thunderstorms. Oh, uh, yeah, 71. It's so cold. Right. 71. Is, the rain's going to suck. But uh, um, 
I mean, at, at that point, does that change what you would want to do? Um, game, given, given range. Do you, do you have the wind on there? I can get you the wind. I I, I feel I like that, wind I, is is more effective than than unless it's very heavy rain. But the the wind for Sunday is going to be west northwest. Oh, that's at, a huge. Uh, that's a huge factor. An hour. <laughs> yeah. All right. Eight's not too bad. Um. I, for me, like strong wind, because sometimes you hear rain and it's like sprinkling and sometimes it's, it's pouring. So that's uh, with that, like this game, obviously you would look it up. But if you just heard rain, like I feel like that would vary more. Wind would seem to be more of a factor to me. It's not too be, bad. Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried because both of these quarterbacks are they're not dome quarterbacks. This isn't Drew Brees like having to deal with elements. So I, I don't think I would I don't think that weather report, that fantastic weather report from Charlie uh, would would <laughs> would scare me too much. Yeah, I always wanted to be a meteorologist. You know, ah, like, dude, me cool. too. Good, man. Um, so <clears throat> looking ahead, obviously, so so whether you said Dan is not going to be a factor for you, I don't think so. For you, eh, maybe. I mean, dude, I, I, again, I will look at the weather before Sunday. Like, <laughs> I will pay attention on Sunday before I place my bets. Yes, it depends yeah. how much rain. Because yeah, I. Yes. I it's hard to describe, right? Like you try to describe Buffalo snow versus like Green Bay snow. It's two completely different snows, right? Florida rain Maybe. versus Buffalo rain is different rain. You know, because it, it's just blowing through. You're saying, or it could be like like a hurricane. No, I, I mean it's like even if it's a quick rain, like it's a heavy, fast, hard rain. Whereas New York, you get you know you get the light stuff. It might rain a little bit, might get hard here and there, but. Nine times out of ten, when you're in Florida, you're getting a hard whether thunder or lightning or not. You're getting a hard rain, much like what we saw in the Super Bowl a few years ago with uh, Indianapolis and the Saints. Yes, was it that one? Yeah, with with the yes. rain coming down there in Miami. Um, I mean, you look at it, that rain the whole game. That's right. If you, get, if you get weather like that, yeah, that changes my my thought a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. That's fair. Yeah, definitely. I think the the way you've described it to me right now, I'm not worried, but I will double check later on. So let me ask you guys this then. You look at we, – we've talked so much about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Looking at the weather, looking at possibility of rain, if if it rains the way that, you know, like it did years ago, what about the running backs? I mean, where do you eventually bring the running backs into this, right? You look at Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones there for Tampa. You got – uh, Alaire and you have Bell there in Kansas City. I mean, what running back are you going to lean on more? Because the quarterbacks aren't going to be throwing the ball much. Yeah, the Bucks run the ball way too much for my liking. Like they run the ball a lot. Um, I follow Warren Sharp, really smart NFL analyst, breaks down a lot of numbers. Second, yeah, yeah, he he's great on all that stuff. And the amount of first down runs that that Tampa does is is baffling especially when you have the greatest quarterback of all time but they mm-hmm. do lean on their running backs they, they are they will run the ball into a brick wall on first down a lot so there will be opportunities for ronald jones and leonard fournette to break one i think fournette was at what was he at 89 yards uh right now fournette is at 48 and a half Oh, 48. Wow. Yeah, 48 mm. and a half. So, so I'll give you all the lines real quick. Uh, Fournette's at 48 and a half. Uh, Mahomes at 19 and a half. Brady is I like that. half. <laughs> Brady is half a yard. <laughs> I like, I saw, I like that one because I don't, I don't know. He usually loses on a kneel, but 
He could he could break one in the Super Bowl, especially if he's losing. You never know. Ronald Jones is 37 and a half. Uh Clyde Edwards Alaire is 30 and a half. And Daryl Williams is 30 and a half. Mm. Yeah, Kansas City rotates their running backs a lot. I would, yeah. if I had to pick one of those, I would maybe go with at Clyde Edwards Alaire, thinking that if the Chiefs have the lead in the fourth quarter, they're gonna just keep on handing off, but they don't even do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, out of all those running props, I like Mahomes over 19 and a half. And I know that's 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 weird. Um, he says his toe feels a lot better. I think he's had three weeks now to rest it. He was mobile enough against the Bills. I thought his toe was not a factor. They bootlegged him. They ran him out of the pocket. They did all kinds of things. Um, and he was fine. And with the with the pass rush that the Bucks have, I think Mahomes is going to have to take off a couple times. And I think that he was sneaky athletic. He led the league in quarterbacks picking up first downs on third down runs. Like, like he knows when to go. And he even ran a couple times. They had an RPO in that Bills game, and he, like, gimped to the, the marker. Like, he got, like, 10 <laughs> yards on, like, one leg. So I think that Mahomes, when I, when I saw that 19 and a half, I liked that. I think, I think that goes over. Okay. I think so. I mean, again, for what it's worth, I know we keep kind of comparing it to the game in week 12, but right now that's really the only thing we have to go off with these two teams, um, you know, in a head-to-head matchup. So you look at it, Patrick Mahomes did have four for 28 in the first game. He was the second leading rusher on his team right behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who had 11 for 37. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm with you. I do like the Mahomes at 19 and a half. Like you said, I, he, he does know when to take off. Um, he's smarter the than – The Neils would worry me. That. Yeah, the Neils would worry me. That that's always a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. He 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 actually broke people's hearts last year in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl because he took the deep knees. He took like the six or seven yard knees to try to run and, two extra seconds off. Yeah, and broke people's hearts. Oh, that's why Brady he doesn't lose yards. He takes the knee like right down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like losing all yeah. those yards well, in in the regular the season because he he was very aware that he was approaching a thousand career rushing yards at, yes. you know, a year or two ago and he would you know take a knee but kind of you know fall forward into the yep. lineman's ankles and like make sure he didn't he didn't actually lose on that but he's he's like a th- he's safe on that and playoff stats don't count for that anyway so yeah interesting. Mahomes also had 308 yards yep. for the season in case anyone needs to know that for his play at all this week. Nick, you've been to you know games, obviously at New Era Field and some of that. Tom Brady is sneaky, one of the largest human beings I've ever I've ever seen. Really, I've uh, like, I've only seen him like at the podium. He at is the lectern, he, I should say. So like I remember the first game that I shot like on the field, and Rob Gronkowski ran out, and I just expected him to be like Andre the Giant, and he was a I mean he's a head taller than everybody. And then you see Brady and his legs are the size of tree trunks. I mean, this dude is six, five. Like you always got to have that. Like Brady's a wimp. Like he's just like a little skinny, like wimpy guy. He's big. He's a big dude. And that was one of the first things that I never, like you see a football game on the field and you know, from the front row is completely different than being on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Brady's a big dude. Taller than you'd think too. Six, five, six, yeah, five, that, six, six. That- yeah, he kind of like you see him. He like oh, you you know him and that Calvin Klein model on the you know, yeah. They're probably, they're probably six one 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 sixty or something. And then you, the, no, not at all. So for for all the 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 wrestling nerds that listen to the show, I am one of those wrestling nerds. But um, I've I've seen Tom Brady up close and personal, just just like you have, Dan. And 
Brady's legs remind me so much of a guy like uh, like a Randy Orton in the WWE. Just he's all leg and all muscle, and you're like, if I could, first of all, if Brady was a kicker in the league, I would be scared that he's going to do sixty yards. Like they're tree muscle. trunks. They're yeah, insane. They're huge. They're huge. He's custom, got, and he's got the big pants. knee brace. He's got the big knee brace when he comes out in the field too after he tore his ACL. I've just. And it was funny because he warms up without shoulder pads on. So he just comes down with like the bottom half on mm-hmm. and like his upper body doesn't seem to fit. Like you said, it was so well you put that, Charlie. Like his legs don't seem to match how big his upper body is. That's yep. what blows me away. He, um, he, he's just, it's that TB12 diet, man. I, I don't that's know. What else to, Lots of water. Well, it all goes to the legs. Yeah, that's it. All it. goes to the legs. And then you explode. <laughs> no we're talking about water not cra- not uh crabby patties all right Dan. I, other, yeah go ahead other, go ahead the other two i like um that that i, that I spot out tyree kill over 92 and a half yards receiving um oh, yeah the Absolutely. last time they played charlie he had 269 he went over 100 in the first half in the first quarter actually um he had Tyreek Hill had 172 last week against Buffalo against pretty much everybody. They tried to cover him. And obviously he's one play away from constantly getting you there. Like like he's one guy that can catch a three yard screen and take it 70 yards. So that, that bet's going to be live until the very end of that game. Um, He also had 110 against Cleveland. Uh, I I just think that I don't see how there's any way that doesn't go over a hundred. Um, Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey is another one I know a lot of people like. I think his receptions is at seven and a half, and he's at like 92 yards. Um, mm-hmm. He had 82 in week 12 on eight receptions. Yeah. Tyreek Hill also, don't forget, had three TDs in that first game. He had all three touchdowns yes. from Patrick Mahomes in that first game. I think that if you are the Bucs, you try and take away Kelsey, and you try and live with whatever Hill does. So I, I would be – a little timid about the over seven and a half receptions. Like that's a lot of catches for a tight end to have eight catches in any game. Um, mm-hmm. And the other sneaky one I like. Unless they're um, playing the Bills. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they don't cover anybody and tight ends. The one I like that's sneaky. Scotty Miller for the Bucks. They're like fourth wide receiver. He's their uh, poor man, Julian Edelman. Um, over one and a half catches. He's had a catch in every single game this year, except for one game. He's had two catches in a bunch of games. I just think that the Chiefs will try and take away Godwin and Evans, and it'll almost be so Brady to be like, I can throw to Scotty Miller and win a Super Bowl. Like, that's how good I am. And I think Scotty Miller can have two catches. He may only get 30 yards, but I like those plays. Um, So I like Scotty Miller over one and a half receptions and Scotty Miller over 20 and a half receiving yards. Scotty, I mean, Miller, Scotty Miller over one and a half receptions is also plus 140. I think there's value. Yeah, I like that. I, I love the fact that you bring up Scotty Miller as well. Did you guys see what he said this week? He's faster than Tyreek Hill. He's faster than, yeah, faster than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Those are love fighting it. words. And Man. did you hear what Byron Leftwich said about him? No. So Scotty Miller, I guess, went to Bowling Green, and mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich was so in love with him that he was trying to tell him to run his 40 slow on purpose so that other teams wouldn't be interested in him. <laughs> wow. That was how much Byron left with liked him. So again, I don't think he's faster than Tyree kill, but I just have this weird feeling like Brady has that arrogance of like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've got Gronk and I've got Cameron Bray and I've got Chris, you know, Godwin and all these guys. 
but I'm going to win a Super Bowl and I'm going to throw it to Scotty Miller and really show you guys how good I am. Who's also pretty good, by the way. You were kind of crap. He, 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 he definitely helped my fantasy league when I had guys go down this yeah, year. Scotty so. Miller's got some game, especially like their receivers have been banged up all year. Somebody, you know, takes a takes a knock and he's got to go in, man. He's, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's not being limited by talent. I think he's being limited more by opportunity. Absolutely. And I think Brady will give him opportunities on Sunday. All right. Dan, this has been awesome. Charlie, any more bets you want to talk about? Anybody you like for a touchdown or anything Anything else just jumping out at you before we uh, wrap up here and get to lightning round? So real quick, I want to go through, I, I guess the best way to do this, right? Let me get who you guys would take on these prop bets. So looking on, let me get back down to them because I got so much stuff open now from clicking everywhere. Uh, so just so you guys know, I'm on my work computer doing this because I got a new computer, and apparently I can't pull up betting sites on my work computer anymore. Wow. Well, wow. We, should, we shouldn't tell them you're podcasting on that either. But all right, my 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 boss probably doesn't listen. He's a Bucks fan, so he doesn't know. <laughs> um. Okay. So looking at the prop bets, first team to score 20 points. Chiefs are at uh, minus 165. Tie is at plus 2400, and the Bucks are at plus 120. Who would you take in that? Tie would mean neither team gets there? Tie would be, yeah, tie would be neither team to reach 20. That's not going to happen. I'll take, using Nick's logic that the Bucks <laughs> will get the ball first, I'll take the Bucks. Well, I was, uh, was going to go the other way. I think uh, the Chiefs will most likely, I mean, I – Logically, I feel like they should win. The, the the Tom Brady is a more of an emotional argument that says you've you've. Uh, I don't know if you guys are Taylor That's Swift. Right. I don't know if you're Taylor Swift fans. Like you've seen this film before, and uh, you didn't like the ending. So maybe just 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 stay away from Brady. But I mean, logically, I would think yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs first to twenty, first to twenty-five, first to thirty. I would take the Chiefs there if I had to. Not saying I don't know that I actually like that one, but if you're forcing me, I'll take the Chiefs. And, Dan, if you and your wife are Taylor Swift fans, I do suggest you go back onto Nick's uh, Twitter from earlier during quarantine where he did a complete breakdown of Taylor Swift's new album. Um, wow. It was uh, great. I'm, hey, sorry, I'm right. sorry. Hold on. Taylor blessed us with two surprise albums during quarantine, sorry. okay? Sorry. That was sorry. that was the first That was the first one. That was Folklore. I will say, she, Evermore is also very good. I will say I did read it over with my wife, and she did uh, – it, it made her want to listen to the album. So – um, and she is a Taylor Swift fan, so you, you got her attention, Nick. Um, okay. I am so, pleased. <laughs> um, who's the first team to score? Kansas City or, or uh, Tampa, minus 121 for KC, 112, minus 112 for the Bucks. Oh, see, with that, with our uh, logic here, we got to go with uh, with the Bucks. I agree. Nick's what got great logic there. Yeah, so, so he has some good ideas sometimes. Great logic in in betting, like the, like you like, oh, that is logical, until, and then it just not until just... the Chiefs win the toss and receive, and I'm going to be like Nick, <laughs> and they're going to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, the Bucks thought we were going to do this, so we changed it up on them and tried to catch Defer, them off guard. Yeah, yeah. something Maybe like, like home listen to the podcast. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. That, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. You can be wrong for the right reasons and like feel smart and still lose your money. Or you can be, you know, right for the wrong reason sometimes. Be like, okay, I'll live with it. Like, so it's not always. It doesn't always work that way as much as we want it to. What about last team to score? Uh, Kansas City's minus one thirty-two. Bucks are minus one hundred four. This is always a weird one to me because last team to score. It's like, oh, is it going to be whoever scores last is going to win a tight game, or is it going to be the team ahead is 
kind of just just sitting back and and letting the other team you know kind of in a prevent defense and just letting them come at them. I never know how to feel about this one. I yeah. I never take this ever. Well, and that's the thing is that like neither of your odds are that great either. You said with it minus one hundred four and minus. Um. Yeah. Minus one hundred four and minus um one thirty two. Kansas City one minus one hundred four for the Bucks. See, like I don't see any value in either of those. No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I would rather take my chances. I'd take my fifty bucks and say Scotty Miller might catch a thirty-two yard screen pass or something like that, where I, where I'd get where there's value there. I would agree with you. Um, I, there, there's not much value in that one, but there is some value in this one. First team, first scoring play. Okay. Uh, Bucks are plus one ninety. Chiefs are plus one fifty-five for a touchdown. Uh, for a field goal, it's Bucks plus four twenty-five, Chiefs plus four forty, and for a two-point safety, uh, Tampa Bay is plus sixty-six hundred, and Kansas City is plus eleven thousand. Hmm. I have no data to back this, but I, I just I have a feeling that in Super Bowl, got his own logic to back this. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, but by the way, absolutely none of this is like advice that you should go bet on and then blame us this None, is please. this is just for fun <laughs> like totally disclaimer we should have said this at the start just for fun um, i hope you guys didn't lock in your bets already <laughs> no also if if, uh, if anyone you know has or if you or someone you know has a gambling problem like there is help is available that's online we should have said that at the start sorry about that um to answer this question here i f- totally don't have data on this i should look i feel like there are there's more likely to be a safety in a Super Bowl than in, in a normal game just because weird stuff happens. I have no idea if that's true or not. I don't think that's going to be the first score of the game. So uh first score of the game, if we're saying the Bucks have a better shot at it, do we think it's a touchdown? Do we think it's a field goal? I'm going to say Bucks field goal. Okay. I think that I like b- field goal on both sides. Like I think I think it's a field goal either way. And if you kind of hedge your money, like they're both, what did you say, both? plus over 400 like that's the uh, you like your money there the one thing that is also interesting the chiefs have the worst red zone defense in the nfl so and the buck the bills didn't exploit that at all but we saw the bucks march down the field on the opening drive against the packers so i might even sprinkle a little bit on the bucks to score touchdown first because we're going off Nick's logic, which is <laughs> bulletproof. It cannot you, fail. You keep saying, this, those were odds, no, those no, were no, odds that came from another book. <laughs> I love it's it. Bulletproof. It's not our fault. Um, so, Nick, then touching on what you said about a safety possibly being scored in the, uh, in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the line for a safety to be scored is yes, plus 800, or no, minus – 1667 plus 800 is like actually not that impressive for a safety like i would have thought it was even more yeah me too i uh i mean what what does one get scored yes or no uh man and no by the way is the heavy favorite um yeah yeah i mean what do you say the odds in that were like if you put 100 bucks what does that pay like a 101.5 or what i mean i mean it's minus 1667 can, can you plug it in on your phone real quick does it tell you what does that get uh, you no i would have to 11 cents yeah right like not much <laughs> maybe 11 cents man that's like if you 
no um man i would have thought it was more than 800 i'm actually kind of mad about that now so i i think i would just stay away because i like it's so rare it just felt like slightly right. more rare if it was if it was plus 1500 maybe i just throw something at it 800 that's kind of pissing me off and then the last two for you guys um as my dog see my, my dog has something to say about all that too uh the last toby says take the money on the safety Oh, Toby's all about the money. More money means more treats for Toby. That's right. Uh, so, okay. So the last two for you guys, uh, is either team going to have a successful two point conversion? Uh, yes is plus two thirty, and no is minus three Oh five. And then is any quarter going to end scoreless? Yes. On that is plus 500 and no is minus 1000. Dan, go ahead. I like the yes on the two point conversion. I think there's some value there. And I'll pass on the second one because I just don't think that I almost was tempted to say it was the scoreless. Would there ever be a scoreless quarter? And you said, no, and that's minus a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing there. I, w- I wouldn't bet on, yeah. on that whatsoever at minus a thousand. No, no. Yeah. I agree like, with, yeah. with both of those. I, I, I think so too. Um, then let me ask you this, which is not part of the prop bet here. Which team scores that two point conversion? I think Kansas city is the team that would be most likely to score a two point conversion with how creative mm-hmm. they are inside Agreed. five. They Agreed. would. I, I mean, you could also say Tampa will most likely be behind by, by logic of the game line here and they would need the two point conversion, but I don't know. I would think you would, I would want to look more into how they've been like analytically this season. If they're down by 14 and they score a touchdown to make it theoretically a seven point game, do they get, aggressive and smart with it and try to go for two some of those times like i don't i don't know enough about either Neither of those teams this year has really been down or you know down enough or close enough to go for a two-point conversion really at any point tampa was either winning big or got blown out or you know it was a, a, a field goal difference so there was really never any need for either team to go for two throughout the season so i'll be curious to see what each team is is chalking up this mm-hmm. week in practice yeah mahomes is a better running quarterback than brady though so that that might give you an edge on the chiefs and a little flip play to, to kelsey that just killed buffalo after <laughs> that's kelsey right i would love to see that that's that's a, a little reverse to Tyreek Hill, the second fastest yeah. guy in this game tyree kill um yeah you know, that little reverse you gotta watch out yeah. for i want to ask um, you guys too i saw this one online today this is not available at uh in buffalo a prop at only 2020 could love which coach's nostrils will be seen first during the game. Andy Reed plus 150, Bruce Arians minus 200. So this, this is of course assuming that, that their, their mask will come down or that they pull it off or something. Arians, uh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't understand because, how Andy Reed's mask stays on. Andy Reed's mask was like a horse feeding bag. Well, he, can, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe he goes with the clear one. If he goes with the clear one, maybe I don't know. Yeah, but then he's just fitting cheeseburgers up through there. So <laughs> that's why he wears the clear one. It's, he's either got the horse feeding bag or he's got the clear one. I don't know which one. That... By the way, Andy Reid's uh, post game thing last year at a news conference when he said he's going to go have the biggest cheeseburger of his life is still probably one of my Amazing. favorite moments from the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Amazing. That's all his fault. All right, Dan Fates, thank you for joining us here. Uh, we're going to put you through the lightning round real quick. Just spit out whatever comes to mind, all right? All right, you got it. All right, Dan, Charlie loves asking people where their favorite wing spot is, but you work in Rochester. What is the best wing spot in Rochester? 
Ooh, best wing spot in Rochester. Uh, there's a place right over by my house. Merchants wood fired pizza, jumbo size grilled wings and their wood fired oven. So if you mom and pop place, merchants wood fired grill. Mm, what town? In Arondequai, where I am. It's like a block down the way from me. Supporting local businesses. All right. Nick, but you forget, Dan's in Rochester. Rochester isn't known for their wings. They're known for their garbage plates. So, Dan, where's the best garbage plate in Rochester? So, Nick Tahoe's is the place that everybody talks about. That's in downtown Rochester. That's where it originated. If you want the nostalgia, you go there. But then it's funny because, like, every town has their own hots place. So, like, I'm right on, like, Empire Boulevard. So, like, there's Empire Hots, which is what I grew up on. So, like, Empire Hots is, like, my favorite garbage plate. Or Penfield Hots because, like, they're the two cities closest. So, but if you if you are not from here, you need to get a plate. Nick Tahoe's. Got to be honest with you. That has never seemed appetizing to me at all. Nick, you got to venture out more, man. You, you got to have a couple. You got to have a 12-pack of Jenny Light. Really get in the Rochester's feeling, and then you'll want one. After a 12-pack of Jenny Light, I don't know if I want to eat. That's all right, best stuff. So are you telling me this is the place where people, like, garbage plates only exist to feed the, like, midnight to 3 a.m. Yeah. crowd? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I've ever – I don't think I've ever had one sober. <laughs> but, all right, but, like, so so in Buffalo, you go to Jim's Steakout after a night on Chippewa – like you would go to Jim's Steakout during the day. Like a sober brain still wants Jim's Steakout, but you just just that doesn't happen with the garbage plate. No, doesn't happen. Like I I I totally understand your logic. Like it's the same thing too. Like Chippewa, you, or you get like Mighty. Like you can get Mighty too. Like at any time, but like you're not getting a plate on your lunch break from work. No, you won't make it through work if you get a yeah. You know, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um. Yeah, I mean, the only time that I could see anyone getting a garbage plate sober is if they need like a good quick cleanse. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that took a turn on us. Hey, I'm just saying, hey, I'm, I'm only speaking truths on here, man. I'm not speaking logic, I'm speaking truths. Speaking right truths. All right. Uh, Dan Fates, what is uh, your quarantine hack that you've learned over the last uh, like 10, 11 months? Oh, that's a really good question. I've gotten really good at changing diapers. Can I say that? Like, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten really good. I had a daughter. Um, congratulations. Thank you. And she's six months old. So I've gotten really good. My wife would be proud if I could say that. And today was my first day all on my own. My wife was a teacher. She (laughs) finally went back to work. Tuesdays are dad and daughter days. And I'm proud to report alive, well-fed all, all 10 fingers and 10 toes. Wow. I did it. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at, at that. That's what I've been doing a lot in quarantine. That's that's important, man. You got to be able to change those diapers, especially. Uh, I've heard if you could change your diapers with your eyes half open at two o'clock in the morning, you got it down. Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> so, Dan, let me ask you. You you also you know you cover the Bills there for Wham in Rochester. What is your favorite moment covering the Bills? So I've got the 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 craziest one is I was there in Miami when they when they broke the drought, and that oh, was one yeah. of the that was probably one of the coolest things ever. Um, I remember walking off the field and I had my phone on me on the sidelines and the players and coaches can't. So the players were constantly coming up to me on the sidelines during the game, asking me for a score update. And then as soon as the game was over, they all grabbed my phone. Cause I was like, Hey, like they're driving, like the Bengals are driving. And then I was out, you know, then there's the delay, but I was outside their locker room, um, which was pretty cool. I also 
have been, you know, just some, I also asked Sean McDermott if he was um, frustrated with his offense's production last year. And Sean kind of snapped at me. That was kind of a crazy <laughs> moment as well. Sean and I are, we're, we're good now though. I asked him again this year, Hey, how do you feel about your offense? And he's like, I like it when we score points. And he knew, he knew what I was trying to say. <laughs> Sean is like low key. I don't know if vindictive is the right word. Probably not. But he, like, he definitely remembers if he, if you know he's crossed you or you've crossed him, and he's not going to be mean about it. But he remembers. Well, and that was the funniest thing about it was I was like, all right, today's the day. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to send ask the follow up and be like, hey, Sean, last year we talked, and I asked you if you were your thoughts on this, and like I said, it got into this big match. It was like a 45 second interaction of him being like. I said, what are your thoughts? Are you satisfied with your offense? And he's like, satisfied with what? And I, and I explained to him, you're 25th in the league in scoring. You're only averaging 19 points a game. And he's like, yeah, if we don't score points, I get upset. And I asked him, I was like, how you know, do this? And I remember one of the guys from the Bills PR staff like messaged me and he was like, you got him. And I was like, he remembered. <laughs> he remembered. And they, they, they messaged me back and they go, he doesn't forget anything. So like, he, yeah, knew exactly. what I was, he knew what I was getting at. And like midway through the question, like before I could get it out, like McDermott was just like, <laughs> so I, I thought that was pretty cool dan is offering a sly smile for if, if you are yes. not, not no, yeah, sorry. Video. Video. <laughs> <laughs> all right dan uh my question for you is going to be uh tell tell me you are a fredonian grad uh suny school tell me uh the best thing about fredonia other oh i'm so you, you did mention some party stories tell me like the, the most underrated thing about going to a suny school or going to fredonia well, the price was awesome i got to play four years of division three college baseball, which I really wanted to do. And I also got to call hockey games for the division three hockey team. So I played hockey and baseball growing up in high school, didn't know which one I wanted to do. So because it was a small school, like I was like, Hey, I want to call the hockey games. And they were like, okay, you start tomorrow. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> that was really difficult. Like no tryout, no nothing. And I did it for four years. So I, I really always enjoyed that about Fredonia. Cool. Uh, so before the show, speaking of baseball, you and I talked a little bit with me living in Atlanta. You said you're a big Braves fan. Who is your favorite Brave of all time? Of all time? I know they, they, there's quite a list. Yeah. And there's it, and it's funny because I, I do have a love-hate relationship with a couple of players, which are so funny. Um, when I was growing up, I, I always watched them because they were always on. So they were always on TBS. Mm -hmm. My dad hated the Yankees, so I was you had to hate the Yankees in my house. And then I always just hated the Mets, and they were always on SNY. So I always just watched the Braves. I would do the scorebook and, and, and everything like that. And I remember when I really became a fan, like 11, 12 years old, and Jeff Francoeur like took off. And he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And we went to Cooperstown. And I was like, I'm buying a Jeff Francoeur jersey. Like all the money I've saved up, I'm going to get a Jeff Francoeur Atlanta Braves jersey. And it's going to be the greatest jersey I've ever had in my life. And my dad was like, I don't think you want to do that. He was like, I think you should just get the Chipper Jones jersey. Like a Chipper Jones jersey is going to be like, is going to last forever. And I was like, mm -hmm. no, I think I really want the Jeff Francoeur one. I went with the Chipper Jones one. I think it was a safe bet because we all know the rest of the story of Jeff Francoeur. Right. But yeah, probably Chipper Jones just because. What, of, what's the story uh, of Jeff Francoeur? Uh, he didn't pan out so well. He uh, flamed out beautifully uh, in the rest of his baseball career. But it was always one of those things where um, I wanted to be a switch hitter. I wanted to do all this stuff like Chipper Jones. I, you know, dreamed of walking out to, you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Crazy Train and, and, and all of that stuff. So, and then there were other guys too. That's funny. I hated Martin Prado when he was first came up. I absolutely hated everything about him. By the end of his time in Atlanta, he was probably my favorite player 
Uh, I mimicked a lot of things that he did. I, I thought he was just the best team player all around. Um, and and now it's Freddie. Now I really enjoy, obviously, Freddie Freeman. I mean, how can you not? Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman's just su- such a great ball player. He's got a cute kid, too. He's got a really cute kid. Great name, too. It's, it's, it's got a great Charlie. Name. <laughs> what a great name. Right? <laughs> so I, I told Nick, you know, when Cam had COVID, Cam Newton had COVID this year, I was like, what if he has the Freddie Freeman effect and just comes back and he's like, unbelievable and he turns to this mvp player luckily he didn't but i'm like could you imagine if like covid actually makes athletes better and not worse uh <laughs> didn't work out that way for cam no. um but i will say have you been to the new stadium yet here in i LA? haven't that, that that's one of the things i've it was funny i never wanted to go to turner field just because i knew the atmosphere was so awful mm-hmm. and fans were just pretty spoiled with just division titles it seems like Sun Trust or true whatever it is, Truist no, Park true. now. Yeah, yeah. Seems awesome. Like seems like a real play. cool. Like the right field with the the chop house seems mm-hmm. awesome. I definitely want to go. I've only other um I've went. And, I've seen the Braves play in Pittsburgh. PNC Park is amazing. Um, and then I went with my dad, who's a diehard Cardinals fan. We went to a three game series right when I got out of college at um the new Bush Stadium, and that was mm-hmm. one of the coolest things. Like Cardinals fans are legit. Real, they are, they, are, well they are real baseball fans. Um, they were like the nicest people to me as I'm in a Braves jersey, and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, good good luck this season. And I'm like, You guys are so nice. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I will say, if you ever get a chance to come to the stadium, you know, I gotta do it. L- let me know, we'll, we'll 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 hook you up. Um, my wife works for one of their big sponsors, so we get a little bit of perks here and there from, from her company. So so this uh, is all on this is all recorded. Like I'm all recorded. I'm using, <laughs> all recorded. Okay. Plus, we, we love going to the games anyway. I mean, there's so much fun. If you could find a way to get to a Friday night game, those are the best because yeah. always fireworks after. That's um, awesome. And they let you out on the field to watch the fireworks, which is pretty cool. Oh, it's dope. Um, but it, it's a really, really cool stadium. Even outside the stadium, I mean, I will say if you if you go to a game, I would say plan a night of uh dad and mom night without without the little one. Just because okay. you get outside that stadium, it's just a big party, and you're like, well, I don't want to go That's home awesome. now. Like all these people are partying. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool setup. They did a great job down there. Uh, during the playoffs this year, we actually would go down and watch the games right outside the park. They had it on the big screen. That's dope. Yeah. And people were screaming, and I mean, you felt like you were at the game. It was so loud out there. People got into it. Um, I will say, and I tell Nick this all the time too: Atlanta is so much more of a baseball town than what it is a football town. Yeah. You know, for as big and beautiful as that football stadium, which is and it's a and it's college, it's college, right? It's still college over Braves. I mean, you would think, right? Even around here, no one. I mean, you have a lot of dogs fans. You got a lot of a lot of UGA fans. But yeah. You have a lot of people who are Auburn fans. A lot of really? Florida fans who come up from Gainesville that live here. My my wife is one of those Gator fans. Um, but you 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 do have a lot of UGA, but a ton of Auburn fans too around here, which yeah. is. Makes that rivalry a lot of fun to watch, too. That's cool. All right, last one for me. We got two two baseball fans here. We've seen the Washington football team change their name. The Cleveland baseball team will be changing their name. Will the Atlanta Braves someday have to change their name? No. No. And it's and like I said, there is something very wrong when the Tomahawk chop gets going at a Braves game. And there is something that's like still pretty cool at the same time, but I know it's not politically correct and it's really not a great thing. The chiefs do it too. They have their thing at Arrowhead. Um, mm-hmm. They won't change their name, um, but I could do away without the Tomahawk chop. If I'm being honest. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. It does kind of get obnoxious. And again, being a Gator fan in this house, here in the Tomahawk Chop, is not the thing I want to go hear anywhere. Uh, so when they were playing on the Chiefs game, my wife's like, man, that stupid Florida State crap. Can't they keep that off of any sport? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I don't think the Braves are going to ever have to change their name because they do have that relationship um, mm-hmm. with the Indian tribes in Georgia. Um, you know, they just did like the do, black, just like the Blackhawks yep. and the Seminoles, the Florida State. Yep. Um, which, by the way, for Florida State, for those who don't know, the guy who always plays the chief for Florida State is a Seminole tribesman. Yep. So they do have that relationship still there as well. And there's and, a revenue thing there too, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They they do something where with directly with them. Um, which is great. It, it is. I I mean, you would think Washington would have tried to do something more like that. Yeah, through, through their time, but uh, that's that's a little different when your name is a actual slur to them. Well, yeah, that's true. The Braves, the Braves did a good job though changing their mascot. Yeah, uh, their, their new mascot now bloopers just a riot to to, to, yes. to, to go see in person. Uh, and the Blackhawks is actually named after one chief. It's a Black mm-hmm. Hawk. Yeah, it's not it's not Black Hawks. They're the well, yeah, but it is like like it's it's in memorial of a Black Hawk. Right. If that right. makes sense, yeah. Some cheap, yeah. I, I, I've heard because that. like the other big one, Nick, would you probably know is that was it the Fighting Sioux? It was South Dakota that had mm-hmm. the big thing. Are they still the Fighting Sioux? Um, North, North, North Dakota. Let me check. But Nick, you want to ask about the Braves and you know what Washington? What about the Chiefs? I mean, I don't believe they have any kind True. of ties to any any tribes out there. But people forget as well. Much like you just said, Dan, they do that tomahawk chop, chop throughout a Chiefs, Chiefs game as well. I mean, where where do where do they come into the, to the whole mix? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so while well, Nick, uh, North Dakota, formerly oh. the Fighting Sioux, they are now the Fighting Hawks. Yep, they no. had changed their name. They had a big lawsuit. Did not get along with the Sioux tribe. Yes, that was that was ugly. I heard. I have a, a good friend who's a big, well, was a Sioux fan. Now he's a Hawk fan, but. Yeah, he, he, he was not happy about that. So let me touch on Knicks before we let you go. Any idea, any thoughts of what Cleveland may change their, their name to? Or even Washington, both, Washington and Cleveland for that matter. What what could they possibly – I've heard rumors that Washington's going to stay with football team, possibly. Forever? I like the football team. I mean, it's, I think very, it's, it's like I ironic, like it's like ironically funny. I don't know that that's what you want. You kind of want something like, especially now in like the age of SEO, like you kind of want something that's branded to you that you can own. Like I feel like Washington will do something, uh, you know, army theme, like the generals or something like that. Um, Cleveland, I would heard that there was some kind of talk about throwing it back to the Cleveland spiders or going along that route. I don't know if that has enough traction or not. I, I'm not really plugged into that market. We have to get uh, John Scott on here, somebody who's a big Cleveland fan. To, <laughs> so maybe we can call Rex Ryan and see if uh, see if he if he overheard anything when he skipped out on uh, the night night of practice to go to the World yeah. Series game. I don't know. I would love it. I would. I've always wanted the Washington Sentinels to come back. Big <laughs> big replacements fan. Um, or what was it? The Red Tails. I like the Red no. Tails. I thought Red Tails would or Red Wolves would would work well, but. Anything was better than the the Washington R words. Mm-hmm. The red tails always reminded me of like a at least the logos that I seen always remind me of of, of like the Disney. TV yes. Show. Yeah. Yes, it did. Disney, Disney like cartoon plane. 
Yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because this is a red-tailed plane that was a, a fighter plane in, in one of yeah. the wars. Yeah, I think yeah. World War II. Yeah. All right. All right. Dan Fates, this was awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, guys. One more time, Dan. Doing all of your bets. What <laughs> is let everyone know where to find you again on Twitter? At Dan Fates, F-E-T-E-S. I like it. Dan, thank you so much for doing this. I hope you win lots of money this weekend. Um, Don't and, take our advice too serious, just for fun. I was, well, I, I do bet, I do picks every week on our buffaloplus.com, uh, covering all the bills, all that stuff. But I do bets. I have about five to seven plays I pick about each week. Um, I was fifty-two percent this year, which is winning. It's positive. I mm-hmm. was fifty-three percent last year, so I'm still I'm above five hundred for my career of over like two hundred bets over the last two years. So I'll take it. Well, hey, if you win the big bucks this weekend, don't forget about the two guys that uh, <laughs> gave you your ideas on your bets. So that's right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. All right, Charlie, wrap us up. Um, so I, we didn't get a score prediction from Dan, but I, uh, I guess uh, we missed. a score prediction from you, from you, Nick. Oh uh, man, I uh, man, I'm. Uh, my brain says the Chiefs, and my heart says, "Don't you dare bet against Tom Brady again." Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs 34-31 and not feel good about it. You know, I've thought about this. Like my my heart has gotten into this this game. I don't want either team to win. Like I'm hoping that there is a hurricane that comes out of nowhere and the game cannot be played. A, a six to three overtime final. Yeah, something like that. Like, I don't want a boring Super Bowl. Like, we had that a few years ago with the Rams and and, and the Patriots. Brady only scored what thirteen in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that was probably the most boring Super Bowl of all time. Um, but I can't go with Brady and the Bucks, and I'll tell you why. Because I am tired of seeing all the bandwagon Patriots fans who are now all of a sudden these huge Bucks fans. Oh, I've been a Bucks fan my whole life. No, you haven't. You have been a Bucks fan because Tom Brady went there. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I like the Bucs right now because of Tom Brady. But don't sit there and tell me how great of a Bucks fan you are and how you've been a Bucks fan your whole life because Tom Brady's there. So for that reason alone, I cannot put anything on Tampa Bay or Tom Brady. I think Baby Goat's going to come through this week. And to, in all honesty, Nick, I don't think the game's going to be real close. Um Despite some of the things we talked about, I do think Kansas City comes out and Kansas City is is able to win handedly. And I'll tell you why. Tom or Tom Brady has look at his game against Green Bay last week. He had three interceptions. Green Bay couldn't because of Green Bay's offense all of a sudden becoming inept and not being able to do anything. They weren't able to put up any points. If Brady does that against Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and that offense is going to make them pay real quick. Tampa Bay's defense is not great. Um, you know, yes, I understand they beat a good team in Green Bay, fine, but Green Bay was still in that game till that last drive. And had Aaron Rodgers ran in on that third down, we may be talking about a different Super Bowl right now. It may be a completely different outcome of this game. But I think Kansas City is going to win this game. They're going to win this game pretty easily, and they're going to win the game by 14 points. Wow. All right. I I think Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good. Maybe as a as a whole unit, maybe they've been beaten a few games. I think they have a ton of good players on that defense. I think they are dangerous. So, and honestly, they've low key been carrying Tampa Bay's offense. Uh, and I know that, that Brady is dangerous, and they have a ton of playmakers on offense, and they can strike. 
But even uh, the round before that, they mm-hmm. in the divisional round, Tom Brady's offense had three touchdowns that all started in positive territory. Like they didn't score any touchdowns on on any drive that started in their own territory. It was it was a couple off turnovers, and and that that was how they got their points. So all this stuff sounds logical to me, and it's like, yeah, but it's Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It is. I mean, I think, but I still think Kansas City is going to win 48-24. 40? Wow. 48-24, Kansas City is going to win the thing. If, if that ends up being right, my man, you could make some serious money betting yeah. uh, the odds that you will get for that. Yeah, yeah. 48? 48-24. That, that is my call. I think they're able to put up 48 points. Dude, the, that, that offense is just so – they're so fast. And, you know, Tampa's defense is a younger defense – you know, to most, but they do have a lot of speed on that defensive side of the ball and they may do, be able to uh, work better against um, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, obviously better than Buffalo did. Um, but there's still a lot of factors. You know, you, you look at Levante David right now is questionable. Antoine Winfield, questionable. Jordan Whitehead, questionable. Those are three guys, um, or I'm sorry, Jordan Whitehead is actually doubtful. Those are three guys right there that are very, very, very important to that defense. And if neither of those three guys can go, it, it's 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 a different different game, in my opinion. That's going to open the game wide open for guys like Travis Kelsey, like Tyreek Hill, um, uh, maybe Sammy Watkins as well if he plays. You know, he he's part of that part of that monster there as well. As much as we hate to admit it as Bills fans, Sammy Watkins can still be dangerous. Um, if if Tyreek Hill or um, Travis Kelsey are double teamed, so I just feel like all in all with that offense and how high powered and fast that offense is for Kansas City, I just don't see any way that Kansas City falls behind too much in this game, and I don't see any way um, how when they get ahead they are looking back at Tampa whatsoever. I everything you are saying sounds logical. Hey man, your logic, your your logical thoughts are rubbing <laughs> off on me tonight. So, well, um, let me. Yeah. I have one more logical bet I need from you. Oh, okay. And you may know what it is, Nicholas. But can we talk about what, it here? Is yes. It, okay. What is the Gatorade? Oh, the Gatorade. Um, let me let me see if I can find. Uh, I get because I get those PR emails from some other places. Let me see if any of them have color odds on here i mean look i'm always a fan you would so by our, our thinking from last year right last year we thought it would be red if kansas city because i was obviously their main color um both teams got red in their jerseys kansas city's actually wearing their red jerseys this year and uh it looks like tampa is wearing their white with pewter pants um, mm, all right i found the lines here at uh, DraftKings. are you ready Yes. I, if if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, from people we had heard from, from from Dr. Matt and from a few other people I had texted who worked in college sports, uh, team color was not really, you know, people were not matching the Gatorade to their to their jerseys like we had we, uh, hypothesized that they might. They were they they were avoiding opponents' colors, and after that, it was like just whatever flavor they happened to like the most. But mm-hmm. with that in mind, uh, at DraftKings. Orange plus 100, red plus 175, clear or water plus 175, 
yellow, green, or lime, plus 200. Uh, so those are all like fairly close. Orange is definitely the favorite. Blue plus 650, purple plus 650. So we are, it seems like they are thinking it's in the the yellow, red, orange kind of scheme, which is both teams' colors, if that is something you want to go in. Um, blue and purple are paying out better. I think, honestly, Kansas State just won last year. I think if you want to know, if you're feeling they have at least, you know, one out of two teams is in the game, so they got a 50% chance of winning, if that's how you want to look at it, go back and see what color they dumped last year and just bet that color. Do you know what? So for all those who don't want to go back and look, Nick, it was orange. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking on Good the research. It was Good actually research. right on the picture of the DraftKings uh, lines here. Uh, so, yes, it was orange. A year ago, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl and dumped orange Gatorade on the head of head coach Andy Reid. So orange was the color last year, which is why I think it's the favorite this year. I personally am going with blue. Blue, uh, you're taking the odds. You're taking yeah, the money. Everything we learned about Matt. And, and and maybe, you know, I would take the money on this strictly because, you know, it's a Gatorade bet. I'll take the money. Mm-hmm. In reality, if I'm looking at it and just being smart, and if I had to, like, like, like I guess, pick with my life on the line, I would say orange because me being a superstitious person, mm-hmm. I'm not changing the Gatorade color in my second Super Bowl. Like, True. won a Super Bowl last year. I'm keeping orange. Right. And then, but – does Tom Brady allow Gatorade or does he? No, we need TB12 electrolyte drink. Or actually, it's probably an NFL sponsorship that they have to have Gatorade. Yeah, maybe maybe he just drinks. I mean, yeah. I think Marshawn Lynch used to drink Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, pe- individuals can drink whatever they want, but the, right. the actual coolers probably. So who gets dumped, right? Let, let me ask you this question. Tampa wins the Super Bowl. I almost said New England. Tampa wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. Brady get Gatorade dumped on his head or no? The coach always the coach because Bruce Arians did say this week that Tom Brady has been coaching that offense. He's not doing anything. Brady is running that entire offense. The only coach I think you would maybe not dump it on is like Ron Rivera because he just had cancer. But like it, the weather shouldn't be that bad. Like you don't have to risk him getting a cold or anything. Like you're not in Lambo dumping the Gatorade. yeah, Andy Reid's probably getting another bath. Let's go with orange. I, so. I, I, I mean, go with orange. And and then I think at that point, let's say, say Andy Reid, uh, as much as we said last year, right, he finally won one like he's a Hall of Famer. I think he gets number two. There's no doubt in my mind that he is a Hall of Fame head coach. And then you also look at the coach that have come underneath him that have won Super Bowls, have been to the Super Bowls, that have been to championship games. Sean McDermott is one of them, um, as well as many guys on that coaching staff that Sean McDermott has um, have are all part of that Andy Reid tree. Um, I'll be curious to see what happens, though. I, I mean, Tom Brady had Andy Reid's number, you know, years ago when when it was Philadelphia versus uh, New England Super Bowl, and Brady got the best of them then. You know, Belichick doesn't – or I'm sorry, Belichick. Wow. Um, Andy Reid doesn't have the best, you know, numbers in Super Bowls. He also didn't have the best numbers in AFC Championship games. But it, this is not the – uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid. This is the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, with Patrick Mahomes, who is leaps and bounds better than Donovan McNabb was ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that that he gets number two, um, and they 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 become Super Bowl champions again. But I will say it will be their last one for a while. 
hey, maybe Tom Brady's was like, well, I won again. I'm just going to ride off into the sunset. I won my title without Belichick. I've approved everything. Just going to retire. Bye. He said this week as well that he his, his goal when he came into the league was to play to this 45. He still feels like he can get to 45. Man, the audacity of a sixth-round draft pick to say, I want to play until I'm 45. And, and you know what? I want Buffalo to march down to Tampa next year and just wipe the floor with Brady and the Bucks and go on their way to another. That, ooh, that's true, because Tampa's on the schedule next year, right? Everybody's on, in Tampa. Okay. You know what? Have them so lose. Stay around. Was, stay around. Right. The Bills need to – okay, like we, we made such a, a point to talk about how beating New England was such a, like a cathartic release for the two. Like, they need they, to beat Brady. Yeah, they need to go down to Tampa and just whoop Brady around. It's the only thing they can't beat Brady. And that's going to be right. the thing around around town that whole week. So, I like it. That that's but, your, that's your Bills angle. Root for Brady to lose so that he won't retire, so that you can whoop him next year. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I like it. So Nick, next week I'm sure we're going to obviously break down a little bit from the Super Bowl. Maybe talk a little bit of hockey. If hockey's back, then who knows? Hockey, oh, the Sabers. Yeah, the Sabers are off because of COVID now until after the Super Bowl. At least they seem pretty upset that uh, there was an outbreak with the Devils who they played this weekend. Uh, that looks like a mess, but uh, don't go looking for any Sabres games this week. Two players did test positive or are, are going through COVID protocol right now. Uh, Taylor Hall and Rasmus Ristolainen are currently on in the COVID protocol, whatever that means by NHL standards. Uh, but shame on the NHL for, for the Devils even playing those two games this weekend. Should have never happened. Um, hey, pr- protect Lindy Ruff at all costs. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get Lindy sick, man. Lindy's yeah. a, a hero. Um, let me ask you this one quick question, Nick, and then, then we'll wrap everything up here. Um, so far through the few games that Buffalo has played, what are your thoughts on the Sabres? Yeah, I've watched, I've watched, um, every game, not, uh, not every second of every game, but I've seen every game so far. Um, they are very frustrating to me to watch because they seem to do some things right and they're getting shots from good areas and they are controlling the play for stretches at a time and they absolutely cannot seem to finish yet jack eichel i don't know if because he was a little banged up during training camp right like i don't know if he's mm-hmm. still dealing with some of that and he's every time he touches the puck like he just jumps out at you because he's so much more skillful than all the other players but he's doesn't look like himself to me yet like he's not finishing he's still he just doesn't have that like when you watch Connor McDavid, he just has like this unbelievable burst of speed that is even better than the fast players. And Jack Eichel usually does that, and I haven't seen that from him yet, so I'm a little worried, or not worried, or just curious if he's still lingering uh, that injury a little bit, and maybe this period off will give him some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really disappointed, though, this last, most recent game, second game against the Devils, I know it was a back-to-back, they looked so tired and slow. Eric Stahl looked like he was ready to retire. Like it reminded me of uh, the Mighty Ducks scene when Bombay is talking to Averman. He's like, "Didn't you guys train in the off season?" And, and Averman goes, "I knew we forgot. This, we forgot something like that." That's what the, you had ten months between games. Like you guys didn't get in shape enough to play a back to back. Like when you knew what the schedule was going to be like. So that was that was frustrating. Um, but honestly, Linus Allmark looks good. Um, the Sabres power play looks pretty good. Rasmus versus Alina in front of the net on the power play is working. Um, yeah, would love to see some more five on five success. Um, and they definitely, 
they are not putting away anyone yet. Like they are, you know, giving the bottom half of their division a game and the top half they are generally losing to. They've played five, five series so far, and they've only won one of them, taking more points than the other team. And an underrated factor this year, I think, is that every game is in the division. So if you go to overtime, like you've you've won the two points, but you're also letting a direct competitor get a point. And that's uh, that's that's going to hurt you in the long run. So regulation wins are at a premium this year, and the Sabers are struggling to find some of those. Yeah, so you those know, are my they, thoughts. They need to find ways to close out games and find ways to finish. Uh, Jack needs to shoot the puck more, man. He's holding on to the puck too much, trying to look for the pass more than taking the shot. I thought his two goals uh, last week were going to kind of be a spark for him, um, but obviously it hasn't been. And I think we got to find a way to get uh, Jack Skinner. Uh, Jack Skinner. Wow, can that be one player? Can that could be Skinner that could be one line? You know, yeah. I'm in favor of putting Skinner on Eichel's line. Yeah, I mean Je- Jeff Skinner needs to find a way to, to to get moving. I don't think he's playing bad on his line, but I will say this for something for us to talk about going into next week. Tobias Reader has been the best offseason pickup on this team. Who was a guy yeah. who who was criticized too when he was picked up mm-hmm. that he was had terrible. Excuse me, terrible underlying metrics, uh, and he's—I mean, he plays bottom, you know, kind of bottom six minutes, but he's been—he's been effective in that role. He's very good on the penalty kill, very good at doing his job. Um, and I will say that uh, Cody Eakin might be the ugliest person in the league. But, <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, with all that said, <laughs> we're gonna sue you for slander and defamation <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> oh beautiful, uh, beautiful mullet, though. I will give him credit on the mullet. Oh the, the red-haired mullet, we got, we got to do something. Oh, man. All right. We're going to anyway, end this episode hey, before we everybody. expose ourselves to further liability. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff to the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica. Follow myself on Twitter at ChowWit68. And follow Dan on Twitter at Dan Feets, uh, D-A-N-F-E-T-E-S. Uh, then Dan says he's got all your betting and, and everything on there. Dan's you got to go to for all the bets. Hey, if you want some logic, always follow Nick again at Nick Veronica on Twitter. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe to the Process Podcast wherever you get your your podcast from Spotify, Apple, wherever that is. You'll always be up to date on the latest episodes when they drop. Um, before we even update you on the Twitter machine. Appreciate hey. you guys all tuning in. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Please don't drink and drive. Oh, hey, Nick, before we go, I'm so sorry. I forgot to do this last week. I got to do it now. I wanted to thank everyone who came on our show uh, this year. Bradley Gelbert, thank you for coming on. Uh, our boy Bray, who we now know listens after he texted me when I, I made a comment about <laughs> other people being my favorite guest. Bray, you're still my favorite two-time guest. Uh, so, Bray, appreciate you always coming on. And everyone, even, even Dan today, appreciate Dan coming by and getting on and chatting with us. guys. Yeah, keep, keep going. Give them all a shout out. Man, give everyone. Lu- Lucy Pur- Lucy Burge. I almost said Purge, but no, it's Burge with B. Uh, who we couldn't have on, who who did get who did get a new job. So 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 kudos to Lucy. Um we had Nick Wooten on. Nick shout out to Nick. We well. had Banged Up Bills came on. That was a great interview. Banged up Bills. We're gonna have to get him on. I want to talk to him a little bit more on that uh Cole Beasley news with the broken femur. That mm. was interesting. Um, and we also got to say, hey, thanks, thanks to Cyrus for coming on this year. That's as right, well. a two-time Cyrus, guest. Two-time you you guest. put him behind Bray. Bray Bray's local. Cyrus was I a did. Chiefs fan. He'll understand. 
Yeah, so he got bumped down because he was a Chiefs fan. He he might have been number one, but I don't want to offend Bray. Like Bray, Bray sent me a pretty uh, aggressive text when I said that he that 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 we had other interviews yeah. that were my favorite. That's right. We, so, we talked to uh, Joe Yearn about Sabers and Luke Russer. Mm-hmm. Luke Russer was a I loved loved having that that guest on. Luke was Luke's going to be on again. Luke's going to be a second time guest once that book drops. We're going to get him on here. That's right. That's so. right. He's dude, man. When you do a book tour, you 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 have like eleven interviews a day at least. Yeah. Your, like they play. So we'll, we'll fill them with some Buffalo talk at least. I'll get to look forward to one of them. Just to break down some upcoming ep- episodes for you guys, we're obviously going to break down the Bills offseason uh, coming up, break down the draft as well. Ooh, we, we got some takes on the Bills offseason. Yeah. Stay tuned and, for those. And, and I think, Nick, we can't uh, uh, go past next week without talking about the big blockbuster trade in the league as well. Um, obviously, with the offseason coming up, we're going to be talking about more than just Bills, but make sure you guys, and, and Sabres for that matter, we're going to be talking everything. Got a lot to talk about. Remember to always tune in, follow the process on Twitter, the underscore. Send us your questions. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. You like us. You don't like us. We want to know. Except that you don't like us, then I don't want to know. No, dude. Constructive (laughs) criticism. It's always good. (laughs) Guys, thank you. And remember to always trust the process.